the the Vedya's job is to understand the rogi and understand them on a deep level, their habits, where they get tripped up so that they can show them. So a real, a real doctor, healer, whatever you want to call them, uh, a real person who wants to help somebody, a coach, is someone who helps the person that they're working with become aware. Hello and welcome to Dr. Vedya's Heal at Home. This is your podcast for everything health, nutrition, fitness, yoga, Ayurveda and much more. Will be helpful if you walk us through your journey, um, sort of your connection to India, your your um, connection to Ayurveda and... and, and yeah, so, um, so my connection to Ayurveda comes from my mom, who uh, I'm, I'm Indian American, I was born uh, in the US. And my mom's family is from, originally from Bhavnagar, Gujarat, but she was born and brought up in Bombay. And um, she uh, is very into Ayurveda. So when we were kids and we would get sick, my dad would lean towards Western medicine and say, you know, let's get them some antibiotics. And my mom would be like, drink this, turmeric, etc., etc. drink. And I would, we would be like, it tastes weird, mom. But, you know, when we started to like put it together that we'd actually, we actually would have resolution of our symptoms. We would feel better. We'd have, you know, um, our sore throat would go away or our, our cold would get better very quickly. So that's when, uh, that's what I would say is my roots are the connection to uh, Ayurveda. This got strengthened as I went through medical school. And um, as I actually was applying to medical school and I started to ask myself, what what is real healing? And what is what does it take for someone to, you know, I had my own, you know, uh, healing journey and, and things like that. And I was always looking at how to be healthier and, and looking at what are, what are people saying around around health and healing? And a lot of things would would come back to this mind body um, approach, you know, mind body spirit approach. And after in medical school, I went to osteopathic medical school, so that I'm a DO by training. And the reason I chose to do that was because the philosophy of the DO in the U.S. we have two medical doctors, the DOs and MDs, and um, I was, I never really had heard about DOs until I started talking to my advisor. She said, you know, you're really holistic minded. Why don't you check out DO philosophy? Because I had, I had um, shadowed some MDs and I felt like, you know, at the time, this is not going for all MDs. Okay? The people that I had shadowed and I had learned from, they were looking at the body very reductionist. You know, this is the heart. I would only talk about the heart. And that's that's it, you know. And we there wasn't this holistic philosophy that somebody's um, mind and their and their stress and their uh, levels of overwhelm in life can also impact that part. And early on, you can start seeing the signs of a certain type of personality type that gets certain diseases or gets certain. Diseases. So when I was in medical school, around second year of medical school, I started to um, actually on my free time, which. If anybody else is in medical school, you know, you know, there's not that much. But I found this woman, an American woman, 
And um, she had studied with a Vedya in India. And she was very close to where I went to medical school. And so I used to spend Saturday afternoons or mornings or something with her. I just started learning the lot, like starting to understand how the mind and body are one. And Ayurveda has known this forever. Um, and how you can start seeing these, these the effect of the mind on the body. And so I I have been an enthusiast since then. I, um, I I'm not a uh, BAMS or I'm not a expert or a media in it, but I do um, really, I feel that we are getting in Western medicine in the sense that um, lifestyle medicine, integrative medicine, all these new types of philosophies, we're coming to the same point. Ayurveda is just thousands of years ahead. And <laughs> so we, we have to like, you know, and that's what I'm talking about bridging the two. That's what I'm, um, Personally, I'm an integrative physician, so I use, I feel that um, I do believe in a divine source. And so I feel that, you know, all that has come to whether it be pharmaceuticals or whether it be um, herbs, whether it be yoga, whether it be acupuncture, all these things can come together to help us heal. It's just depending on the individual healing. It has to be individual. I think that that shows your, your sort of open-mindedness and that's what we've been we were talking about um, on the phone before uh, before this live as well. Um, and you talked about about um, healing, about emotional healing, about transformations, and how that's a very important part about uh, of of what you do as well. And and it's not very common to see that in, in sort of typical Western uh, medicine physicians. So can you talk us through your sort of journey with healing and, and, and sort of what you believe on, on yeah. that space as well. Wow, you know, my first live, I'm going to be a little, it's going to be a little vulnerable here. <laughs> okay, let's talk, let's be real. I have dealt with something called primary dysmenorrhea for incredibly painful periods. Since I was a young woman, I would say I was like 14 or 15. I know, maybe it's a little taboo to talk about this. Whether it be I had to change my diet, uh, adopt more of a diet that fit my body type, which again, through Ayurveda, I have learned so much about you know my personal body type, being a Vatanpitta person, and like what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating, and then so then there's a physical activity components. Then there's you know um, from from more of an integrative point of view, certain supplements that can help to reduce the inflammation in the body, which is which is the cause of a lot of conditions. And then there was the, the you know, that's the body side, and then there's the, the spiritual side and oh. kind of connecting to yourself, connecting to that higher space, which I believe is within all of us. And that is the source of our healing. It's not necessarily, it's not, it's, you know, these drugs and herbs and everything can bring us to a certain space, but then our own body has to our own um, healing mechanism that we have and that's coming from the osteopathic um, medicine philosophy that you know you can put the patient in his, in his or her ease and in the and set them up for healing but you have to make sure that you're tapping into that space so that was really big for me was to find a spiritual 
center or, or connection to myself. It wasn't about going outside um, in that way. Um, I, and that was, a, that was a struggle. That was another piece of it. And then the mind piece of it, you know, um, fear and worry and addressing these things, you know, having to look at where the source of um, my own struggle has been, you know, where I, I myself have been very critical at times. I probably say I'm a recovering perfectionist because a lot of us who are in medicine or in high achieving posts or even not, you know, even my mom has this and she has been a loving and wonderful um, uh, housewife for many years. But she, she has this moment of like, I've seen it. You know, we all have these internal dialogues with each other. And, and, and that internal dialogue can be, um, can be detrimental unless we really look at that, you know? And so as much as I did physically, there were moments when I would trip myself up. I would trip myself up by doing all the right things, maybe on the diet side, on the exercise side, whatever. But my own mental talk was not allowing me to fully heal that. And until I started doing that work, um, I didn't, I, I saw the biggest shift after, after the last two parts, the spirit and the mind. And that's why I feel that, uh, you know, when coming back to Ayurveda, you know, one of the things they say in the Sharika Samhita, now I am trying to learn some Sanskrit and Hindi. Okay, I'm really bad. I'm not very good at it. But I feel like, I got you know, like puri tarah se seekhna hai ki kya likha hai ayurveda mein to mujhe kahin pe mujhe like wo translations nahi mujhe actually mein kya likha hai wahan pe you know so i was reading the charaka samhita but with like the sanskrit and english translation very slowly very slowly but they say that all all disease is psychosomatic and that's a big deal right because in western medicine when we say psychosomatic like we're not, we're not saying that it's a good thing. We're not saying, we're not saying it as it just is. We're saying that person is, you know, causing their disease in their mind, but has a negative connotation. And what I loved about um, this, this part of the, the very beginning of the Jerika Samhita um, is that they, they, they say it right out, you know, mind and body, you cannot ignore, you can't ignore, even in, you know, uh, the, the times of healing, you know, when, when I've seen that in my own um, patients and things, people with, a, with an attitude of gratitude and uh, they're able to shift their focus around their illness, looking at it as a lesson giver in their life or a teacher, they heal much more quickly. And um, we cannot, and we're at, we're at a really cool time where all this is coming out, you know, subconscious program and healing time yep. so I feel that um, I'm really excited about Dr. Vedas and all that you guys are doing to really bring out this knowledge of Ayurveda to the world that really we need this now you know we're getting it that there aren't enough doctors to treat everybody you know there are not enough people on the lines yep. to treat everybody yep. and we need to become more self-reliant self-sufficient we need to look at ourselves and we need to become self-observant and that is um, why I, you know, it's very new, this idea of a transformational coach. I'm still working things out um, with that. Yeah. But the idea is that uh, 
traditionally in Western medicine, it's a very, you know, I'm the doctor and I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to follow me. And that's what we're going to do. And sometimes that's necessary. But what I've found recently is that you have to get the person, the patient to see where are they? You know, are they really ready to make this change? And that's when you need to know their mind. You need to know. And that's one thing they also see in Ayurveda from what I've been studying is that you the the Vedya's job is to understand the rogi and understand them on a deep level, their habits, where they get tripped up so that they can show them. So a real a real doctor, healer, whatever you want to call them, uh, a real person who wants to help somebody, a coach, is someone who helps the person that they're working with become aware. And that's the yeah, that's the bottom line. That's what I think. So you, you talked about many things, but I think for me what stood out was doing it together, doing it holistically. And, and I think currently a lot of us are in, in a very difficult situation. And uh, I know a lot of people in India at least are extremely stressed about what's happening. But what's really stood out for me is that the entire world is in this together, right? And so asking about what's the, what's the situation in your, in your side of the world. So can you tell us what you've been doing, how you've been seeing the, the situation? You also said you have friends on the front line, but but you know it, it's really important for for folks in India who don't have access to see what's happening in another country to know that. Um, so just to clarify the question, is it what you're saying? What I personally am doing, or is it more that you want to know about the situation in the in the what people like the day to day people what they're doing here in that way? Is both right? So how how are you dealing with it? Yeah, how are people around you dealing with it. Yeah, so I think, okay, so first of all, I think that everybody's dealing with it differently. And I think that always, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, are what they are. You know, I have friends who have thrown themselves into their productivity world, and that's how they're getting through it. They're creating stuff online, they're, they're saying, okay, I lost my job, what can I do? Um, they're being proactive. You know, um, that's an important thing. In terms of my friends who are on the front line, they're going to work. They are taking their precautions, you know, masking, gloving, everything like that. It is, it has been really hard for some of them. I have a friend who's in California and he is in the ER there and he can't be with his family. He has to stay in a hotel. Um, he has two little boys and a wife and it's been isolating for him, you know? I think that some of my friends in New York, they have gone through a lot of trauma, a lot of death day in, day out. They tell me that they've never done that many calls to the family, that, you know, your family has, your family member has passed away, I'm sorry. They haven't done that many in all of their years of practice, you know, so it's not to spread fear. It's just the, the truth of what I'm hearing from them. This is not through a media corporation that may have yeah, this is not through yeah. a third party. This is some, yeah. these are people who are really, yeah, they're on the front line and they're really trying their best. And it's hard for them. They go back to their families and they say things like, you know, I don't want to die alone. And so if I get this, you know, I want to stay home and pass away. Like, I don't want to die in a, a hospital bed by myself. And, you know, and some of them are lucky if they yeah. go by ambulance, they grab their phone. But some people, they said, weren't that lucky. And... The nurses can't really come to the room. Everything is given IV outside the room and then pumped into the patient. 
So it's quite a situation in some of those areas that I said are most hardly hit. How are you dealing with it? I, I have to be honest with you, I go in waves. I go in waves. There is, it's a little bit of a, you know, I find that I have to do my um, centering practices that meditate, do a little pranayama. Pranayama, I think, is really important right now because what they're seeing is that the lungs, the, the, the radiographic or the x-ray findings are first. Like you, you can get sick and you can have a little bit of fever. You see the X-ray finding that the lung changes are first. So keeping the lungs healthy, I, for me, has been a priority. So doing pranayama, I do some yoga, meditation, journaling to to work through my emotions. Because when I am there to support my friends, I also you know feel that oh my gosh, you know like the fear that they're having. I am personally not on the front lines right now. I teach uh, at a medical school, so we are doing, we are trying to graduate our doctors to be able to be there and uh, working on that side of it. Um, for so for me, in that way, I, I don't have that direct um, contact. It's a little bit lighter for me. Contact. I also am very, very conscious, very conscious about what I let into my mind. Because as I said before, the mind is our lens that we're looking through everything with. So I read my news, I get the updates from the medical community, I see what's really happening. I don't try. I don't get into the. I don't get into the political back and forth of who said she this this. Because honestly, it it does cause a lot of emotion, and every day it's changing. Every day there's a new story. Every day it's like they said this. No, they didn't say this. This works. This doesn't work. So I have a personal friend who had COVID. I have two personal friends who had COVID. They're okay. One of them did homeopathy and got better. Okay. One of them did had a very hard time. She wasn't given uh, medication and test. The testing took a long time. Very beginning when it hit New York, and it was it was a, a difficult situation. She is a doctor herself. She's a colleague of mine, and she treated her sister who got it with um, hydrochloroquine. And she said within two days she was fine. So that that recently the WHO said it doesn't work. So this is what I'm saying. I feel that there's a lot of stuff we haven't parsed through. So instead of diving in with my mind and that confusion and becoming more confused myself, I do what I have on my plate. I spend a lot of time in nature. I feel that this is a really important time to get back to nature. I feel that Mother Earth has given us a lot of blessings. It's thriving at this time, and we need to see that. And I also think that this, like you know, breathing fresh air and sunlight has been really good for my own health. And I know that my friends in New York, some of you guys can't leave your apartments. I know my, you know, my family over there, my cousins over there. But even getting out and on your fire escape, you know, at my old balcony, as I used to call it, getting some fresh air, you know, doing some things like that. So I think it's really a focus on wellness at this time and, and health because. At any given moment, if you are alive, if you are breathing, even if you are on a ventilator, God forbid, at any given time, there's more going right, more going right on a biochemical level. There's more going right in your body to keep you alive. So focus on that with your mind. Focus on what's going right in your life. Focus on the positive. That's that's a that's a big learning from what Dr. Rajni said. Why has the U.S. been hit so badly? Yeah. To- so I feel a couple of things. 
I don't know. I'm not an expert at this, number one. And I'm not, um, I am not a partisan person. Like I don't, don't associate with either party in the US. Um, I do think that there was some misinformation happening, even for me as a doctor, they told us it's nothing, it's coronavirus. Normal strains of coronavirus cause a cold, you know? They're fine, they're not a big deal. And, and it's like, oh, it was like the flu, no big deal. So we were not given an alarm, I feel like that early. I, I work in New York City. Yeah. And I, I you know, so, this is, we were not, we were told that it was, you know, some, it's a concerning thing, you know, but it wasn't the same alarm that we, we, we didn't get that same alarm, I felt, even on the ground as a, as a physician, as somebody who talks to people who are, you know, a lot of my colleagues, etc. And so, um, the other part of it is, yeah, that we, we did not, I don't know if we went into lockdown as early as other places. I think that, you know, we, um, there, even within the U.S., there was a difference in the lockdown, you know, certain state governors, their state governors. So you can see the difference of the amount of infection based on, based on that. And it isn't that, um, it isn't that we are, how do I explain this? It's, from what I understand, COVID-19 specific strain is not going away anytime soon, unless it's like a miracle of God, okay? But the idea is that we have to slow things down so that we can, we're bracing ourselves, right? We're doing research, we're trying to find out the right medications, the right protocols, you know, how to treat the uh, respiratory distress that occurs what are the initial symptoms? What can be tolerated? So now we have so much information that those patients that are at risk, we can treat with more wisdom versus just, we don't know what this is. We've never seen this before and everybody, you know, but yeah, I think when I do go outside the grocery shop, cause I do um, for my family, I put a mask on, I put gloves on. I, you know, I'm very careful because um, this virus has been shown to last long on cardboard boxes, paper, things like that. So it's a very unique thing that we've never seen before. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of theories of why that is. I'm not going to go into that because I feel that that's a little controversial. Like, we don't know, you know, you think that those are the main things. So, yeah. I, I think what a lot of what you're saying is sort of staying positive. Uh, in this situation and, and a lot of people are seeing it and, and I think for me as well right being busy uh, has been the best way to, to keep my mind occupied in this kind of situation and I think we're all in a very strange situation where we don't know when this will end right as you said this is not going to go away anytime soon and so we have to live in this new format with this new normal mask which won't a part of our lives are now part of our lives sanitizer which we never thought of using in India is now literally a part of everyone's daily life, right? And so in this time, and eventually we'll be sort of transitioning to opening in some format, the new normal and then eventual lockdown lifting, etc. You told me a lot of interesting new things that you want to do and new things that, that you, you, you want to start sort of uh, focusing on. And I think for, for me, this time has been really valuable because I've started doing things I've always wanted to do for a really long time. So, so can you talk to us about how you see things opening up and, and, and how you see yourself or people around you sort of 
adopting to this new policy? Yeah. Um, so ironically, there's nobody like there's not like a lot of people around me, right? Because we're all like isolated. Yeah, you know. But what's okay. really cool yeah, is yeah, the yeah. internet. Virtually, virtually right? Virtually around you. So, right? so okay. So this is a good question, and I and I love it. Our conversation was so great the other day. I really was like, wow. I really, I I feel inspired by all that you're doing. And I really, I, I I when I heard when I heard your TED talk, and I I thought about wow, like this person was you know educated in the U.S. and not a lot of people like at least that I know um, who are who are from India go and um, like, you know what I mean? Like who go back and, and do something that is very grassroots and, and in, in, in India. And I just really love that. And so um, spinning off to me, like one of the things that I'm interested in doing is to work with more of the Indian population. I have a very soft spot for my, my heritage. I have a lot of, you know, Indian pride as well as American pride, I'm, 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 you know, the marriage of both, if you will. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see how, you know, I can help in that in way. So I feel that India, the youth of India, you guys have so many young people here, a lot more older people, and the youth is what brings the energy. And they have so many cool ideas and. Um, I have a few friends in India that I talk to on the regular and they have so, they really inspire what they want to do for the country and how they want to work on the environmental issues because all these things are all connected. You know? So some of the things that I'm personally working on are to, yeah, to work on my own, figuring out my own authentic brand, you know, um, as Simply Rajni. I put it as Simply Rajni and it originally was Dr. Rajni because everybody's like, you have to use your credentials. And I said, you know, but I have many more identities than that one, um, that one, you know, I mean, very hard to get, but one degree, right? And one expertise. And so I felt like, you know, I wanted to share about my journey and hopefully it'll help other people as well. Um, specific to the Indian population and South Asian population overall, um, and is I've been doing some work with some friends as well as um, clients around healing some of the cultural issues that we have in our Indian culture um, and personally going through it and then also you know helping people on their journeys as far as like, what I'm thinking of doing um, and I am currently studying for my board exams so I <laughs> spend a lot of time with my books and, and reading etc and I, I have for a long time now felt that you know, the wisdom that um, we have uh, through our roots in Ayurveda and in Vedic culture is spreading fast and furious to the West because there's a real need for it here, you know, and there's a real, I know that a lot of my friends in India, they're like, you know, I took it for granted when I lived there, but when I come here, I see how many people are like paying, you know, $25, $20, 60 bucks for a yoga class, you know, uh, $200 for uh, an Ayurvedic consultation, you know, uh, with a Vedya, or, you know, coaching for how, so you see that there's a monetary, there's a value in it. That's what people are able to put, they're willing to spend their hard earned cash or money on their, on those things that give them that, that, uh, that value. So those are the kinds of things I'm thinking about, 
you know, how to express differently and work more remotely from home. Um, I've just got to notice that we probably are going to be doing more of that with the, with the medical school curriculum, which we're all learning on the fly. And I think that this is also teaching us adaptability and resilience. So I think, I think a lot of what you've said is stay positive, adapt to the situation, make the most of what we have. And from, from the last few things you've said, it's very clear that it's inspired me to say, hey, Dr. Vedder yeah. has been a presence in the US. Uh, but it's been a really, yeah. really fun chat for me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Vedya's Heal at Home. Until the next episode, we'd love to hear back from you for questions, feedback, or anything else. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Vedya's and we'd love to have a chat with you. And if you like what you heard, then don't forget to press the subscribe button and do share it with your friends and family. We're nothing without our listeners.